Welcome, Beruchim Abiyim, to yet another Torah Talks Chazak's Tuesday night programs with special guests. Tonight we have us with us a very dear friend, Rabbi Moshe Elephant uh, from the OU. Rabbi Elephant, welcome to the program. How are you doing? Fantastic. It's a pleasure to be with you guys. We always hear what incredible work Chazak is doing. It's finally I have an opportunity to schmooze with you and talk with you as we get ready for Pesach. So thank you for inviting me. Thank you for having, uh, from the taking of your busy schedule to uh, have our Torah talk. Uh, the topic for tonight is the road to the Pesach home. But before we go, get into tonight's exciting topic, Rabbi Elfin, maybe you could give our listeners a little bit of a background of yourself and the great work that the OU is involved with. Well, my name is Maishi Elephant. I'm here at the OU for almost 35 years already. My title is Chief Operating Officer, Executive Rabbinic Coordinator of the OU Kashrus Division. We in the OU Kashrus Division certify over 10,000 factories in over 100 countries around the world. And of course, every one of the 50 states of the United States, hundreds and thousands of products, Baruch Hashem. We have in our office here in Manhattan, over 50 Rabbonim working with us. We have about a thousand mashgichim around the world working with us and Baruch Hashem it's a, a lot of work a lot of responsibility but Baruch Hashem we're able to help feed Klai Yisrael if there's no food there's nothing we all need to eat that's the one thing that everybody has in common no matter what what country you come from or what type of customs you follow you have to eat and that's what we do here, hopefully trying to help that everybody should have kosher food. Besides that, I have the schus of saying two dafyomi shurim every day. I am the rav of a kehila in Barpa, Kilat, Zichron, Yosef, Oil Aryeh, where we have a beautiful chevra that learn dafyomi every morning. And then I also give a dafyomi on the OU All-Daf program. I don't know if you or your listeners are familiar with our All-Daf program. We have, Baruch Hashem, thousands and thousands of people listening every day to our All-Daf and our All-Parsha and our All-Mishnah. So I'm busy. <laughs> very, very much so. And the OU does amazing work. And we know uh, firsthand we've had many uh, programming and events and, uh, uh, you know, have a shaykh as a connection to the OU for many, many years. And the OU is a name brand. We always look for the OU symbol. So, uh, Rabbi Yagda Tarbiyadah, continue your amazing work. And then we're going to jump into tonight's topic. As we mentioned, the road to the Pesach home. Rabbi Elephant, what are the top two guiding principles that we should have in mind when shopping for Pesach items? We're going to the supermarkets. What should we be looking out for? So the number one issue, I can't, I can't stress this issue enough. Is, you know, many stores have special Pesach stores or in the regular kosher store, you have a Pesach section. And people assume that if it's in the kosher section, in the Pesach section, in the Pesach store, it must be kosher Pesach. And that is not true, unfortunately. And making that assumption is going to cause a lot of aggravation that could have easily been avoided. I could tell you... A few years ago, a terrible story where somebody called me Arab Pesach in the afternoon. They had made 24 rolls of gefilte fish for the holiday. And they were going to serve it by the Seder and by all the meals, gefilte fish. 
And then I don't even know what caused them to look at the label. And they looked at the wrapper, and the wrapper indicated that it wasn't kosher lepesach gefilterfish. Wow. It wasn't kosher lepesach gefilterfish. It was chametz mamish. Oh wow! Something that you know we don't eat. Maybe we shouldn't eat. It was made with challah. It was made with bread. It was chametz gomer. So besides the fact that they obviously spent a lot of money for nothing, besides the fact that they obviously did not have gefilte fish for yontif, and they also, all those pots and pans that they used to cook the fish became chametz. And the rule is that Arab Pesach, after the time they were not allowed to have chametz anymore, it's too late to kasher any equipment. So all those pots and pans were chametz. And this was something that could have been easily avoided just by paying attention to look for the proper kosher symbol and not just say, well, I bought it in the Pesach store. Well, people tell me, you know, everybody's so busy and they order food from the store and they get delivery. And they don't pay attention. They ordered whatever they ordered and they're sure that the store sent them food that is kosher Pesach. Very, very dangerous assumption. Wow. Don't make that assumption. I can tell you a colleague of mine told me that just last week the OU was having a, a table with Rabotim at a store answering questions to people who were shopping as they were shopping for Pesach. And not far from where that table was set up, they noticed that they were stocking the shelves with chocolate syrup for Pesach. And I don't know what caused them to look at the chocolate syrup, but the chocolate syrup that was being stacked in the store as the rabbis were sitting there was not kosher for Pesach. Oh, wow. Wow, wow, wow. That's that's a big eye-opener. Don't just assume, just take anything you want. It's in the store. It's the worst assumption you can make. Okay, that's one uh, principle. That's something that everybody should be paying attention. I, I This is the first thing I say whenever I speak to anybody about Pesach. The second thing that one should know about Pesach, um, as they get ready. And this is something I like to speak about as well. And that Pesach, you know, every Yontif comes with its own rules or its own halachot. But the, the two rules that are unique to Pesach, one is we have to eat matzah. It's the only time the whole year that we eat something and we get a mitzvah the rice, we get a biblical mitzvah for eating. Matzah. Not the maror, not the wine, just the matzah. But there's one other mitzvah that is unique to Pesach. And that is the mitzvah of Agadatul Levincha. That we have an obligation to teach our children what Pesach is all about, what leaving Egypt was all about, but also teaching our children what are our customs. And one is obligated I use the word obligated literally, to discover what are their customs. Whether you're sitting at the Seder, and at the beginning of the Seder, we put karpas and salt water. There's so many different customs that people have regarding putting the karpas in the salt water. What do they use? What vegetable do they use? And they ask me, Rabbi, what vegetable should I use? And I tell them, use the vegetable that your father used. Mm-hmm. Use the vegetable that your grandfather used. That's the vegetable you should use. And everything, Pesach is a time of customs. Of course, the customs have to be acceptable halachically, but I very much urge everyone 
to try to follow their customs. If they don't know their customs, try to find out what the customs are. And if you don't have parents, unfortunately, alive or available to ask what the customs are, go to uncles, go to aunts, go to relatives. But if you will connect the customs, then you will have a meaningful holiday. Amazing, amazing. Rabbi, good, 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 good stuff. Good, good, good. Chizuk, I guess inspiration, the importance of our minhagim, our customs, let's keep them going. Okay, so Rabbi, what is the most common question that is based on a misconception that the OU is asked with regards to Passover, with regards to Pesach, if you would have to? The biggest misconception is that people make assumptions in both directions. But of course, more commonly, people make assumptions that this food must be kosher for Pesach. And what could be wrong with that food? What could be wrong? I look at the food. I look at the ingredient panel. Everything in the ingredient panel looks kosher. And what could be wrong? And I can't tell you how big mistake that is. I'll tell you something that just happened yesterday. Somebody came over to me in shul. And he tells me he has a grandchild that needs to eat on Pesach. And this grandchild likes to eat rice cereal. So what's wrong with rice cereal? Even Ashkenazim, who eat, don't eat rice, children can eat rice. What could be wrong with rice? Good question, right? It's plain rice cereal. So I told him, do you know that that rice cereal you're asking me about, I know for a fact is, ba- is packed on the same equipment that they, that they pack oatmeal, which is chametz common, real chametz. Wow. So... You make an assumption. What could be wrong with plain rice cereal? What could be wrong with certain oils? Because it's just oil. But the same equipment that's packing the oil could be packing different type of oils. And oil, we know, is very greasy. It's very hard to kosherize that type of equipment. And the same looking at ingredient panel, very often, very often, it says flavors. A flavor, and this is not just for Pesach, but you asked the question about Pesach, so we'll talk about Pesach. A flavor could have 100 ingredients to make one flavor. That's a simple flavor. I'm not going to talk about the complicated flavors. You can have 100 ingredients. To make it kosher for Pesach, all 100 ingredients have to be kosher. So that's one of the most big, the biggest misconceptions. The other one, which I often speak about, and very, very important topic as well. You know, there are many people, great people, wonderful people who print these books with the different medicines that are kosher for Pesach and the ones that they consider not kosher for Pesach. And I have to tell you, and, 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 and this is so, so important. If somebody has a chronic condition, I want to tell you what the definition of a chronic condition. Definition of a chronic condition is not chas v'shalom that you're laying in the hospital. Right. You could be talking to me, I could be talking to you, we could look great, but somebody has a heart condition or cancer, chas v'shalom, or diabetes or high blood pressure. I'm not a doctor. I can't mention every disease. We shouldn't know from any of the diseases. You never know. Right? The Pesach says, Kala machla, all the diseases that were put in Mitzrayim, won't be on Jews. But there are people that are not well, and they have to take medicines. And then they start asking me, well, Rabbi, is this medicine kosher? Is this medicine kosher? And you know what I tell them? 
I don't want you to ask me. Last year, somebody calls me one day and he tells me, Rabbi, I have a heart condition and I take this medicine. Um, am I allowed to take it on Pesach? I say, not only are you allowed to take it on Pesach, you must take it on Pesach. And then I asked him, what, you know, the person, I know the person, he's a, he's a, he's a good person, he's a smart person. I said, why'd you call me? He said, well, I wanted to hear it from you. So I'm telling him, so I'm telling you, I, you're hearing it from me. Whoever is listening, I, I know the Chazak programs are incredibly popular. So it must be many people listening. So whoever wants to hear is hearing it from me today. Medicine, if you're taking a medicine because you have a chronic condition, particularly if it's a medicine which is a tablet that you just swallow, you don't chew, it's not a liquid that you drink, just take it and be healthy. And don't come to the end of Pesach sick because you thought you're doing the right thing. That's not what God wants from us. Powerful. That's not what God wants from us. If we learned anything from COVID, we learned that we have to start taking care of ourselves like God wants us to take care of ourselves. If it's a medicine that you don't have a chronic condition and it's not something that you must take, and certainly you're not a person that, that, that certainly if it's a medicine that you chew or it's a medicine that you drink, then if you could avoid it and it's not chronic, then don't take it. But otherwise, take your medicine. That's what Hashem wants from us, as much as Hashem wants us not to eat chametz on Pesach. Powerful. As it says, v'shamartim matzahs, and you should watch matzahs, but when it comes to watching our health, v'shamartim me'od. Good one. You have to watch it very, 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 very much. I heard it from our Pesach, Rabbi Rav Noach, Shlita. So Rabbi Elephant Shlita, Moving along, we know that 30 days before the Chag, you should learn about the Chag. Uh, what are the most important tips, Rabbi Elephant, that one should be aware of if they're making Pesach in their own home? And I can imagine, you know, God bless our wives, uh, a lot of preparations, a lot of details. What would you say are important? So I would say tips? a few things. The first thing is, and the most important thing is, Hashem Yivarek is B'Shalom. God blesses us with peace. Pesach is not a time Everybody's under pressure. Everybody's stressed. That's not what the Yontav is about. Yontav is supposed to be as Mansim Chaseinu. You know, the Vilna Gon was once asked, what is the hardest mitzvah to fulfill? That's the 613 mitzvahs and Averis. Which one is the hardest one? Never asked anybody on your program that question. <laughs> What is the hardest mitzvah? What's the hardest mitzvah, Rabbi Elephant? Okay, this is uh, a great question. So the Vilna Gon said the hardest mitzvah is Simchas Yontav, to be happy on Yontav. Well, I you thought you were going to say making Yontav at home. Okay, so that's okay. not the hardest mitzvah, being happy. 24-7, you have to be happy. It's very hard to be happy for 24-7. That's what the Vilna Gon said. So if you're going to be stressed for the weeks before Pesach, you're not going to come into Yontav the right way. And that's not what God wants from us. God wants us to come. So the first thing I have to say, and it's not something that we should just ignore. It's something we should think about. And we're all working together to making a wonderful yontif, a happy yontif, as, uh, as least stressful as possible. That's number one. Number two, very, very, very important, of course, as we speak, as we get to your house, is to look at the cashing of the home. How do we kosherize our home? It's, it's something that we all have to learn. It's something that we all have to know. And especially what makes it most 
unique and interesting is the Shulchan Aruch that tells us how to kosher our home. Did not the kitchen in the time of Gemara 2000 years ago and the kitchen that we live in doesn't look the same. I think the kitchen that we live in now didn't look like that way 50 years ago, certainly not right. 2000 years ago. So now what we need to do is take all, take our kitchen with the way it looks now and go through every single part of the kitchen and every piece of equipment we have in our kitchen and every dish and every everything we have in that kitchen and start deciding how are we, if we want to kosherize it for Pesach, how to do it for Pesach. That's critical. And just to give you some examples. Number one, ovens. So the oven itself, if you have a self-cleaning oven, you should run the self-cleaning cycle. But even if you're running the self-cleaning cycle, that means you should still, especially Ashkenazic Jews that don't cast your glass, there's a glass window in the front of the window, in the front of the oven. That we don't kosher. So you have to put on a piece of silver foil. Mm-hmm. Another, ver- I'm just going to mention some of the rules. We could talk for hours. I know you don't have the time, and I certainly don't have the time. But just on top of your oven, usually there's going to be a hood. Right. You should put a piece of silver foil under that hood. Because the whole year, the chametz goes on the hood. So you should cover it. You should kosherize the grates. The best way, what I recommend is get new ones if you can. If you can't, you should put them into the oven when, you, when you're self-cleaning your oven. The same goes for silverware, pots, and pans. And that should be put into boiling water while the water is on the fire. And just throw, put them in and rinse them with cold water. I, I want to make a very important point. I just spoke about it in my shoe on Shabbos. There's a very interesting halacha in Hilchus Pesach. And that is that the Shulchan Aruch says that when we come to the Seder, we have to make that the Seder should be a beautiful table. You know, we're not eating fast food by the Seder. The <laughs> Seder is a banquet. The Seder is the most important night of the year. And it's a night that we should be sitting at the table. So a lot of people have silver cups. In Yiddish, they're called a becher. All year round, that's what they make Kiddush on. And they tell me, we don't have Becher for Pesach, so we'll use a glass, we'll use a disposable plastic, because we don't want to kosherize. I have to tell you, I personally disagree. You got it, you should come to the Seder, and if you own a silver cup, kosherize it, it's no big deal. Stick it into a pot of boiling water that, that's clean, that wasn't used for 24 hours. And like that, you'll sit by the side of like the king and queen and princes and princesses that we all are. It's not so hard to do, and it's the right thing to do. I want to make one more very, very important point about koshering. A lot of people, especially this year, where we have a cholamoid of four weekdays, are going to be going on trips. And just like you're planning where you're going, when you're going, what you're going to be doing, you have to plan the kashering. And you have to plan what you're going to do. The halacha is, you're not allowed to kasher on cholamite. From Arab Pesach, the time that you're not allowed to cook, a, that you're not allowed to have chametz anymore, you can't kasher anymore. So if you're assuming 
well, I'm renting this home, this Airbnb. And I know it's not kosher. It's certainly not Pesach big, but I'm going to arrive on Cholomoyed and I'm going to kosher. You're not allowed to kosher on Cholomoyed. Too late. Too late. And what it means is that now we're, we're 11 days away from Yontif and you're starting to make these plans. Now is the time to start thinking about that. Because when you arrive, wherever you're arriving to, it's going to be too late. Okay. Amazing. So Rabbi touched upon, uh, you know, the home and got into Cholomot about the Airbnb. So there are some who go away uh, to uh, Pesach hotel programs. And, uh, you know, for, for Chag, what are the most important tips, Rabbi, that one should be aware of if they won't be at home for the whole Pesach? So there's a few part- rules. There are a few rules that we should talk about. The first is that many people who are not home for Yontif are not going to be... So Yontif, we know, begins this year Friday afternoon. The, and Vedikas Chametz is going to be Thursday night before. And there are many people who are going to leave before that. It's late to leave Thursday night. So what happens with Vedikas Chametz? So you do Vedikas Chametz the last night that you are home. So if you're leaving Thursday by day, you do B'dikas Chametz Wednesday night and so on. The, and the B'dikas Chametz should be done the same way as you do it on Thursday night. There's only one difference. If you do B'dikas Chametz on Thursday night, you make a bracha. I'll be your Chametz. If you make B'dikas Chametz earlier, you still have to make this, you do it the same way, but don't make the bracha. But you have to do B'dikas Chametz. Along the same lines, if you come to a hotel, or you come to a rented home. You have to make B'dikas Chametz. And that is not just if you're arriving on Thursday night or Friday before Yantif. If you're arriving, you're going somewhere in Cholomoy, the first thing you need to do when you walk into your room, in the hotel or wherever you're going, if they did not have B'dikas Chametz before Yantif, you have to do B'dikas Chametz. Obviously, you're not going to use 10 pieces of bread. It's a middle of Pesach. <laughs> and obviously, you don't need a candle and a spoon. But you should, you're not should, you must do B'dikas Chametz in the room. You certainly have to check if there's stuff in the refrigerator. Okay. That could be Chametz. You should check and look around that there's no Chametz. I know I've said this in a number of places, this rule, and people tell me, Rabbi, you should tell more people this rule, because it's so important that people don't know it. So yeah. this is very, very important to somebody who's not home. I want to make one more point. You know, again, we could talk for many hours, but we'll try to keep it short. People, the many, many Pesach programs, you know, we suffered, unfortunately, from COVID for the last two years. This year, hopefully, we've turned the corner, and there are many more Pesach programs than there ever were before. Just because a program is advertised in the newspaper as a Pesach program is not adequate. I always use the following example. If somebody needs a doctor, so you just got to open up the yellow pages and look at the first doctor in the yellow pages and say, oh, he's in the yellow pages. He must be a good doctor. I don't think anybody would do that. You check, you ask, who is this doctor? You look what up. Do you ask your friends, your relatives? Do you know a good doctor? You don't just say, well, if he's in the yellow pages, he must be a good doctor. Kashrut is no different. 100%. Just because the program is advertised as kosher, what does that mean? And making an assumption 
that, well, I saw the advertisement in the newspaper. So how could it not be kosher? It, it, it is unacceptable, frankly. It's unacceptable. You wouldn't live that way. You wouldn't choose a doctor that way. You don't buy food that way. You don't buy anything that way. And why is kashrut any different? Especially when we speak about Pesach. So if you want to go to a Pesach program and you want to enjoy yourself, and you should enjoy yourself, as we said, on Yontif, but you need to check who is the kosher agency or rabbi giving the supervision. And if you don't know, ask your rabbi to help you do that homework. I know people call me from my shul. You know, the OU doesn't have any Pesach hotels, Baruch Hashem. What's, what's the reason for that, Rabbi Levin? Nobody can stand to our high standards. We only do a hotel that would be completely kosher for Pesach. We won't certify a hotel that has electronic locks. You have to have a key on the room to get in on Shabbos. We won't certify a hotel that we need many mashgichim. You know, usually we need at least seven, eight, nine mashgichim. So, and, and it's a big responsibility. And what happens if something happens during Yontif and they have a question? And they can't call me on Yontif because I'm not going to pick up the phone. So we, we're not anxious to do it, but there are other very reliable rabbis who do it, and good for them. Good for them. But the rabbis who are doing it, you need to know who they are. Right. And you need to make the right decision and not just assume that you could go anywhere for Pesach. That is not the way to go. Amazing. Rabbi, 100%, definitely. We always get these questions, and uh, we agree with you a million percent. Very, very important to make sure uh, you know, uh, just what, you know, everyone's very, very careful with regards to, uh, not everyone, but I'm saying it's very important that uh, people are careful with Lashnar, what comes out of their mouth equally is what comes into our mouth with what we eat and Kashrut. So Rabbi Elephant, what an amazing program it was so far, but we have a minog, we have a custom that uh, before uh, we let the rabbi go, we ask for one final message. And one final thought that you can leave to our broader audience, Rabbi Elephant, it was such a, like, like Rabbi, Rabbi said, this talk could really go on literally forever, just the halachot of Pesach go on and on. Rabbi Elephant, where could one find out more of, uh, you know, questions via the OU? Is there like a... We have a rabbi who answers questions all year round. That's his job. Just answers the half line. On Pesach, before Pesach, we increased the hours and we increased the staff. 212-613-8241 or OUKosher.org. You could call. We're here to answer. Amazing. Okay, great. So one final message if you get it from Rabbi okay, I'm going to make two messages, but it'll Beautiful. be very quick. First of all, you know, there is, there, I said at the beginning of our conversation that there are not that many, there are many different customs, there are many different, different customs. But there's one custom, and it's interesting, it's really the custom that we begin the holiday with, that I think everybody agrees with. And that we put out 10 pieces of bread before we do Batikas comments. Svardim, Ashkenazim, Chassidim, not Chassidim, everybody does it. And I was just thinking about that custom. Why is that such a universally accepted custom? And why is that the custom that we begin the Pesach holiday with? Ere Pesach, by night, Pedikas Chometz. You know, because when we come to the house, Ere Pesach, by night, by that time our houses are spotless our wives and our mothers and our everybody, our families have been cleaning the house. It's perfect. You're not going to find chametz in the house. So somebody could start thinking that at this point, at this point, I think that I'm perfect. I'm perfectly clean. So we put out 10 little pieces of bread. 
You're not perfect. You still have what to look for. We're never perfect. Keep on thinking, what could I do better? That's one. Powerful. With that, I want to conclude, if I may. I want to conclude with a great vart that I heard from the Tasha Rebbe. A number of years ago, I had the privilege of being in Montreal and visiting the Tasha Rebbe. And we had a wonderful conversation. I'll never forget it. And at the end of the conversation, I asked the Rebbe, Rebbe, tell me, what should a Jew work on him? What's important? So he says to me, he says, what is the holiest night of the year? Says, the holiest night of the year is the Seder. That's the holiest night of the year. He says, and, and, and I tell him, you're right. You know, we see at the OU, it used to be that all Jews kept Rosh Hashanah on Yom Kippur. They fasted on Yom Kippur. They went to shul. Nowadays, they say the holiday most Jews keep is Pesach. I guess it's better to eat than to fast. <laughs> so everybody keeps Pesach. And the Rebbe said, what, what do we call the night of Pesach? What do we do? Seder. Why don't we call it matzah? Why don't we call it four cups? Why don't we call it anything else? Why don't we call it manushtana? Why do we call it seder? We know the seder represents that by the seder we say each one of the things that we're supposed to do. So it says because what a Jew has to learn is that he has to be organized. He has to be thinking. An organized person is planning and thinking, how am I going to become a better person? How am I going to better serve Hashem? And that's the lesson of Pesach. We want to become better. We want to become closer to Hashem. And that's what Pesach is all about. And if we do it the right way, HaKadosh Baruch Hu certainly looks at all the people, like the people who are listening to our program, they want to do what's right. And if we want to do what's right, that's what HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, you see, these are my children. They're so anxious to make me happy. I'm going to make them happy. And we'll all be taka. We'll all really be healthy. And we'll all be, have nachas from our children. We'll all have parnosa. And we should indeed, maybe hopefully still this year, be able to enjoy the carbon Pesach in Yushalayim Habnuya. Amen. Wow, Rabbi Moshe Elephant, what amazing, powerful words. Love the chizuk at the end. Very, very, very powerful. Of course, the Torah talk thread was amazing. Yeshikach, uh, Rabbi Elephant, for all that you do for Klaisar, for the Jewish people. Thank you to the OU for all that they do with Kashyas. And, uh, Another amazing Tuesday night Torah talk, Chazak's uh, Tuesday night program. Uh, we want to give a shout out and thank you to our friends at dailygiving.org. A dollar a day really goes a very far away. Please check it out when you have a chance. Shout out to Torah anytime and the many different platforms that are hosting this uh, great uh, Torah talk program. And uh, we want to wish everyone a Chag Hashem Sameach, a happy, healthy, amazing uh, Chag uh, holiday. And once again, Rabbi Elfin, thank you, Rabbi. My pleasure. It's nice to meet you. Good to see you. Have an amazing chag, everyone. Thank you.